Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Hey, if you want an acting career, should you study? Stay tuned. We'll answer. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz (laughs) be true to your school. And today, we're going to talk about you should be true to your acting school. (laughs) Because if you want an acting career, you have to study. Uh, As always, I have my wonderful, amazing co-host, Roxy Stryer. Oh, gosh, Sean, missing last show. It was daggers to my soul. You did an amazing job, though. I love listening. Thank you very much. And fabulous actor and teacher, Holly Gagne from Playhouse West. Hello. An old friend that we've known each other for years and years. And we are going to talk about uh, training for acting, going to school, how to study um, acting. Is it important? Absolutely. A lot of people think, oh, I can wing it. I have a great personality. People say I'm fun at parties. I have a couple YouTube videos. That's great. Uh, but it's not going to sustain you because it is a craft. Our acting teacher, uh, Bob Carnegie, used to say, would you go into a hospital, and I've said it on the show, would you go into a hospital and say, hey, I'd like to perform a brain surgery? No, absolutely not. And if you were a lawyer, you'd go to law school. So just like those professions, you need to study acting. Uh, everybody agree with that? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. the problem is, though, is there's – there's such a variety of um, thought yeah. on what is actual acting training. Well, the good news is that, and we'll go into the history a little bit, is that, you know, I think nowadays the standard is, do I believe it? You know, do I believe who you are on screen? Are you actually that person? We're going to get into that, but as always, each week... Um, we start off with my week, what's going on with me and my acting career. Um, I had uh, one more audition this week for a pilot. Um, I did not get on hold for that one. Um, what was the character? Uh, it was like a wacky teacher, like a driving teacher, driving instructor. Um, and I can see it. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, my movie, Crust, I have been working with a friend of mine who's going to be the line producer, and I'm going to be working with a woman who's executive producing. They got together, and we're having our first production meeting to see what the budget is going to be on that. Um, Teaching-wise, I'm starting a beginning class, which the uh, – Holly Gagne, who has been acting for years and has done a ton of things, is humbly taking the beginning improv at at the school, and I am her teacher. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really really great. And then for me, uh, I also did the business thing, and that was uh, dinner with my manager Gary. So I think we have a picture of that. Gary Uzdal is my manager at Advanced Management. Uh, it's really important. We went out. We broke bread. We had a great talk. We did you ask some... him for the dinner? He asked you, or how did that? We were both kind of saying, like, we need to hang out again. 
You know, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, we got together, had a great meeting, uh, talked about personal stuff, talked about business stuff. And we talked about bringing Roxy over to meet Gary to give some career advice to Boy, could I use it. Oh, stop. <laughs> You're great. You're fantastic. Uh, so, no, I'm excited about that. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about um, studying for acting, but we do want to introduce Holly. Holly, tell us a little bit about your career and how you got into teaching. Um, well, I did my first commercial at three. Wow. Uh, yeah. And do you remember I, what it was? Uh, it was Mattel. And I do remember they dressed me like a baby because I was really tiny. Right. And they put a diaper on me and I was just mortified, burst into tears, <laughs> sobbing. And then they had to calm me down with like ice cream or something. Right. And, you know, then had me play with the blocks or whatever. But I was just, I couldn't. I, I was a smart three-year-old. Like, yeah, I knew yeah. what was going you on. Was You're not stupid you at three. You were being Yeah. So you were yeah. L.A. I was born playing and younger. Bred. L.A. born and bred. And I was, I was already having to lie about my age and <laughs> play younger. Yeah, um, exactly. And then, you know, I was a professional dancer for a long time. And all the dancers, all the dance stuff you saw with commercials, Pringles, Coca-Cola, anything. Yeah. Even now when you see all those spots. Yeah. It was all of us that were young dancers that sure. looked all American. Yeah. And, I did a ton of commercials, and my uh, I was doing some commercial, and someone said, oh, my agent thought you were so cute. Someone's agent was on set, sure. and she wants to sign you. And I... How old were you? I was young. I was like 16. Okay. And then I booked, you know, they, they submitted me for a theatrical thing, and I got it. Okay. And I got my first check. Okay. And I was like, well... Crap. Are you allowed to cuss on you? Like, holy <laughs> f! Yeah. Holy f! Like that's a lot of money for yeah. doing not too heck of a lot, right? And so, um, were your parents in support at that point? No, they did no. not want no. you. And my this. father was in the business, and they were like completely no. a thousand percent against it. Yeah. And then I just started to go to class and uh, started to work a lot, mm-hmm. and. Um, and you got into the soap world, yeah? Did eight years of daytime and okay. did a lot of different things. Girls just want to have fun. I was one of Joey's crazy sisters on Friends. Like, nice. I've done a bunch of cla- yes. cult classic things. Yeah. And then as time went on and I continued to study, um, I studied with the late, great Sanford Meisner. And when I landed at Playhouse West, Mr. Mm-hmm. Carnegie and Jeff, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Goldblum primarily was the one yeah. that was like, you need to be teaching. Okay. And so... I I teach just to pay it forward and have fun and I when love it. When did you start teaching, Holly? I don't actually uh, know. 1991. 1991. So mm-hmm. you were just starting to teach when I got there, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. What do you teach exactly? I teach at Playhouse West. Yeah. It's a style of uh, technique called Meisner work. And since I studied with Mr. Meisner, I can tell you it's authentic, real Meisner training. But what's interesting about that, and I'm sure you'll get into that, prior to that I had studied everywhere. With yeah. every one. Yeah. And I had no kind of consistent actual technique. So when right. it went well, it went great. And when I didn't do well, I had no idea why it didn't go well. Okay. You know, and that, I guess, is a great segue in why yeah, you why really you do you need really, to train. Yeah, why you really want uh, need a technique. And, and really the history of what's been going on in America for the last 90, 80, 90 years is due to a specific style of training because – Theater for the longest time was very presentational. Um, I think it was Stella Adler or someone, or no, Uta Hagen was saying there's a, you know, how to put on the mask, 
how to wear the mask and and put on a character and make it like a costume. So it was all external. It was all showy. So way back in the early 1900s, um, Stanislavski, uh, Konstantin Stanislavski in Russia was starting to feel that there's an inner and an outer and started to do a lot of work with the Moscow Art Theater. He toured America in the 30s and a lot of people studied with him, including um, Stella Adler, Lee Strasberg, Harold Klerman, um, Sandy Meisner, Ilya Kazan. They all started studying this. Clifford Odets. Clifford Odets. And they all started to form a theater group called the Group Theater. And the whole idea. Clever. Yeah, the whole. <laughs> yeah, they were really. Catchy edgy. names. Yeah, super mm-hmm. edgy. A group of people. But what does it mean? Yeah, but I don't get it. I just wish I could get a handle on the name. Uh, So uh, the idea was to produce plays and write plays and really push this technique of how do we make it the most real and the most authentic. And then a few of them splintered off to start teaching their methods. Lee Strasberg was a big one, um, and he taught Marilyn Monroe. But the big controversy there was when you were doing personal work to get an emotional reaction to something, he would make you use stuff from your real life, which unfortunately to someone like Marilyn Monroe was very damaging because she brought up all this stuff and then didn't know how to deal with it. So people like Stella Adler went back to Stanislavski and Meisner and they both kind of split off and thought, let's use a safer way. Uh, an imaginative way is that kind of the root of when you studied with him to to be safer to not use stuff well, in your real life you don't have to have experienced something to understand it okay and in fact very often your real stuff doesn't work because it's too it is it can become too overwhelming so it is really. Do you feel people almost even block that stuff too because well, they all, don't want to? Yeah, we're wired with it? to not deal with stuff. We have adrenaline. We have all sorts of things okay. to help you know to help us cope. So whatever works is great, but I think if you want to keep your sanity, yeah, there's a there's a lot easier way to go about it, which is you can just have an understanding of it. It's no different than you. Roxy, watching the news, and you see some horrible story, and you go, oh, my God, and it really affects you. You have never lived that. You've never experienced that, but you understood it, and it hurt. That's the type of stuff that we're talking about. You only right. need to have a personal understanding of it in order to act it. Right. So so these were the people who influenced the newer generation, um, Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. And when I teach my students, I actually have them start with um, Streetcar Named Desire to see how different Marlon Brando is. And then you go to On the Waterfront where a few more people like Carl Malden are doing a little more real. And then have them skip to Godfather where now the whole standard is much more real. And that's kind of where all acting classes, if you want a good one, should stem hopefully somewhere in that kind of technique and believability. So the first thing we want to cover is you come to L.A., as we talked about last week. How do you find a good acting class? Well, first of all, obviously, you can go online. The best thing, obviously, is if you have some sort of connection with somebody, you could ask for references. Maybe um, you could even 
tweet an actor that you like or have seen and say, hey, do you have any recommendations? I get them all the time. My uh, niece is coming to town. Um, a friend of mine just said, my niece is coming to town. Can you help her out? I referred her to Playhouse West. You see so many Facebook posts. My cousin moving to L.A. Right. My Facebook friends, inevitably someone knows someone who knows someone who knows someone. Exactly. So that's that's the first way to do it. But let's say you don't know any um, people in L.A. What do you think is the best way? To me, I think because of the people we talked about, if you have any, if they have any training with or any philosophy towards those people, I think that's a good way to start. Any suggestions on your end, Holly? Uh, well, you're going to hear about a lot of schools, and okay. I think the easiest thing to do is what's their track record? Who okay. have, who have they taught? Right. Who has graduated from? Great, there? the alumni. That's what yeah. You I mean, if you check their websites, they have uh, because they want to brag about it. They all have lists I'm, of who's currently working, who's there, who's previously taken classes who's now booking yeah and you want to you know you want to cross check i i just read about a school that had a lot of people claiming that people had studied at that school and some of the people on the list were personal friends of mine i'm thinking they've never studied there so um you do want to make sure that it's legit that it's you know they these people actually did study there yeah but uh the bigger schools it's pretty hard to make it up and there there are a handful of really amazing schools in la yeah and, and, and I think the other thing you can do is let's say you get a list together. They should allow you to audit and mm-hmm. see what they're doing. Anyone who asks you – I talk about this all the time when we were talking about agents last week. Anyone who asks you for money sight unseen or say, hey, you need to give us some money before you come and look at the studio or see a teacher – always run screaming that is not legitimate no legitimate school will ask you for money until you are at least have some understanding of the class you're taking either audit um, or see something that's going on in the school so never never pay up front so then you'll go you'll audit and then just like to me i think it's like finding a therapist or, or a college doctor, even <laughs> or doctor or college you go there and you don't feel guilty trapped it needs to fit it needs to work for you and if it doesn't then if you have your list you go to the second one mm-hmm. or the third one and of course when you're auditing you should go to maybe a few of them so then you go okay i'm going to try this one first and that one but first. when you have your list you also need to be equipped with what you're seeing don't just walk into a school and not know what it is you're even looking what at. What do you mean by that, Holly? For instance, if you come to look at any Meisner school in L.A. Okay. And you're watching a beginning class. Right. You're going to see people do what we call an improvisation, an exercise. Mm-hmm. If you're just the naked eye watching, you're going to think you're watching a scene. And okay. you're going to think maybe it isn't even that great of a scene because you're going right. to go, this doesn't make any sense because you don't realize they're doing a very specific, particular exercise right. to the technique. It's no different than if you go watch, uh, you want your kid to sign up for basketball. Right. And you happen to show up and the kids aren't playing the game. Right. The coach has doing them drills. doing some very unusual drills. You're going to go, well, why are these kids jumping through tires yeah. if they're playing basketball? Right. Right. You you have to know analogy. what it is you're seeing when you right. walk in. Right. Equip yourself with the various techniques and teachers so, so you know. Do you just think Google it beforehand? Yeah, you have the world at your yeah. fingertips, which is great. Yeah. Right. So then you get in there and and so what are you going to learn? Why are we stressing this? Why are we saying it's important? And one of the first most basic things if you're going to become a painter, you have to know your medium, which is either oil or canvas or sketching or 
charcoal or, or uh, different colors and palettes. If you are going to study acting, one of the f- most basic things you're going to learn, you need to put on what I call your artist's eyes. You're going to be a person throughout the day, but when a surgeon goes in and starts to do a surgery, he's looking at veins and stuff. But if he's out to dinner, he's not going to grab your arm and start looking at veins. So when he's in there, he's the surgeon, and when he's not, he's not. But the surgeon has a specific skill. Uh, We have just us and our observing. And so what we want to do is when we have our artist's eyes, I always tell my students, go observe human behavior. Go sit at a grocery store and see, you know, the mom and the kid. What, how are they interacting? How is the mom behaving? So a good acting school will really treat, uh, teach you to focus on someone else's behavior. Would you agree with that, Holly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, what you're seeing before your eyes either looks truthful and a reality or it doesn't. Right. And now, yeah, the Sanford Meisner's definition, which is uh, very popular, is living truthfully under an imaginary circumstance. So I always say, you know, Luke Skywalker, he wanted to be a pilot, but he was stuck on the farm. Well, then he gets, you know, sidetracked with Obi-Wan Kenobi, comes back, and his uh, aunt and uncle are dead. Well, he's very sad about, obviously, his aunt and uncle are dead, but now he's going to go join the Space Force. So he has mixed emotions, but they're real emotions as if you wanted to go to college, but you couldn't because your parents were saying you couldn't and they were dead, but now you get to go to college. It's still a human experience, even though it's an imaginary That's right. Everything has to be translated into what is the reality. I mean, my Star Wars short, so I, I feel like I gave you inspiration. For that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a I good analogy. I yeah, I don't know. I saw, I saw your little smile like, yeah, yeah, go, go Star Wars. Go, go Star Wars. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the crucial things that you will learn, and you will learn how to do it as an actor, and you will become more uh, specific about the way people behave and how they move. Do you guys think that taking the wrong acting class could end up being detrimental yes. and is worse than not taking any acting class at yes. all? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish this sentence. Absolutely. <laughs> and what would you say if someone didn't know what to look for, why they would say it's a bad class? Right, how to prevent that. I would look at um, how the teacher deals with the students. There are a lot mm. of acting teachers who have never accomplished a thing professionally and so decided, well, I'm just going to teach now right. and literally take out their lack of a career and loss of a dream on young people coming here with a penny to their name and a dream and a goal and can absolutely kill somebody's spirit kill it to the point where they go home devastated devastated and and worse as a human being by the way broken um it is a very uh if you're going to be a teacher it is an it's a responsibility and you have to with artists you have to handle it properly i would really pay attention to how those teachers deal with the students discipline is one thing but yeah, abuse um, is but another. abuse is another. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of things are under the auspices of acting class. Right. You know, years ago I studied with Milton Caselis. At the time, he was one of the top teachers in the world. Okay, uh, and it he was an amazing director, but at times he got incredibly abusive. 
and he'd make someone cry and then say, start the scene, and they'd cry and do the scene. That person learned nothing. Right. They didn't learn how to get themselves from point A to point B. And I loved Milton as a teacher, mm-hmm. but some of his methods right. I felt were yeah not were, helpful. They're not going to help you become a better actor. Right, right. So that's a great point. Great point. Always observe the teacher when you go to an acting class and see the relationship and re- how they respectfully guide the students Follow your through gut. the process. Yeah, because you, you can't have yeah, someone right. just yesing you, yeah. but by the same token, uh, it is an open forum for abuse under the auspices of, well, we're teaching you how to act. And what Holly means specifically about yesing, if you have a teacher, no matter what you do, they go, you're great, you're fantastic. Yeah, they you're want your excellent. money. <laughs> yeah, they just want your money. So be careful about that. The second thing that you're going to learn in an acting class that – Listen, this is just like Michael Jordan shooting 500 free throws um, every day was he just needed to remind himself that's where the basket is. That's A guy where that the didn't make his is. high school varsity yeah. basketball team, by yeah. the way. But that's, his, that's where the basket is. That's where the basket is. So he didn't practice his big flying through the air tricks. He just knew where the basket was so then he could fly. So... In acting class, they we need you to learn how to open yourself up emotionally. Society, that's what we were saying. If you walk down the street and you see a spider web, okay, so no big deal. It's fine. But a photographer or a painter or a visual artist is going to look at that spider web totally differently. See how the light hits it. Maybe a DP on a movie set would look at it completely differently. So you need to walk through life Behaving. If I'm mad at Roxy and I have to do this show today, which we'll talk about after. Oh, no. Then... <laughs> I knew it. No, no, no. I would have to be professional and hold myself together. But in acting, we have to be able to learn how to react and open ourselves up emotionally so you can walk into a scene emotionally prepared and react in a scene emotionally prepared. And that's what a good technique would teach you. Well, especially because you've all been conditioned from the time you were two to hold those emotions in, to cover them up, be a right. big boy, don't cry, suck it up. Right. And then as you're older, you're on Xanax and Zoloft and all right. these things to right. not feel. Right. And we're trying to safely right. give you an avenue to feel those things and then give you an avenue to put them away for right. when you're not acting. So you don't need you can be a good actor and not walk around like you're an insane person. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I always call it the hats, you know. There's a business hat, and we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. How you handle your business is different than how you handle your craft. And again, that's hard. It's not like we're selling vacuum cleaners, because then you can just compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, you know, someone rejects my vacuum cleaner sales. You don't take that personally. But if you get rejected in an audition, you might take it more personally. Well, after you're done your audition, you need to put back on your business hat and say, it like like I told you last or I mentioned last week I didn't get a part because they went with a, uh, a heavy guy. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. They loved me. They thought I was great. They thought it was fun. But there's nothing I can do about that, so I don't take it personally. But while you're in the moments of doing your scene and creating your characters and being living out a situation, you have to be able to access your emotion. And I tell my students, they say, "Listen." It wouldn't be fun if Stella left Stanley and he just goes, okay, see you later. He's devastated and he's screaming in the rain up for her. Uh, And he, Marlon Brando, was a tough guy, but he still was emotionally raw and affected by his wife walking out on him. So you have to be able to 
access and find your emotions. And I find when I teach people, that's a lot of times where I lose them. Well, yeah, your job as an actor is to take people on the imaginary journey and have them live through you Mm -hmm. this experience so that they have a really great experience watching you and then they can go home and... Yeah. go to bed and be fine and right. you had to put yourself through that to take them on the journey right you know that's why people want to go to movies to get lost in the story and then go home to their normal life again right <laughs> right it's the exact kind of same thing um and that being said using the imagination a good school should teach you how to really really use your imagination because you are just part of telling a story that mm-hmm. the writer or the director want to tell and if your part of the story again is going to say well i want to defeat darth vader well you you don't live in space a long time ago you have to figure this out you need to use your imagination and what people don't realize all these movies nowadays marvel movies and space movies a lot of these movies they're doing so much on green screen yeah. and so much fake you have to use your imagination listen jeff talks about doing jurassic park and steven spielberg had a little dinosaur jeff head Goldblum, on a pencil by the way. Yeah, yeah one of my teachers yeah uh you know, and Stephen would say, okay, everybody look over here, look over here. You're not going to have a real dinosaur on the set with you. You're right. not going to have a real Martian standing across from you. But this is another thing I think is really important, you guys, is when you do go to a school, I would watch, if it's a beginning class, mm-hmm. are they just handing a beginner a scene? Yeah. Because if that's what you're seeing happen, that would be the equivalent of you going to medical school and them handing you a knife day one or day two and saying we're gonna we're gonna practice it's okay yeah yeah you have not learned a single you have to first learn the anatomy yeah if you saw a dad taking a kid to a basketball game learning how to play basketball and they just plunked the kid in the the middle middle of of a game game, and the kids never learned to pass dribble or shoot right you should be seeing a class if it's ask if it's a beginning class and if it is you should or if there are beginners if it's a mixed group the beginners should be being taken baby steps listening exercises exercises in connecting to the other person exercises in reading behavior behavior. and if you're not seeing that and they're just handing you a scene you might eventually learn how to act but it will be slow going because you're just being plunked in the middle right hope you hope you figure it out like a sink or swim that was my the, issue with teachers like Milton. Great directors, but you I was learning nothing from scratch. Right, right. And that's what you have to learn. And speaking of Jeff Goldblum, one of the best things he ever said, because he was there when uh, came in and t- taught a few classes when I was there. And he said, look, the, the whole idea of this is to be able to relax and be as human as possible like we are sitting here in this completely natural setting, um, (laughs) as we are on screen or on stage. How do you bring that relaxation so you can access your emotions, so you can have a conversation and do that just like you would in real life, standing in front of a store as you would standing in front of a store on a set with a ton of cameras around you. You want to find that personal relaxation so that's something that a good school would teach you as yeah, well. Yeah, I think the other thing that a lot of people, they find their, then they find their school, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then they're told they have to practice. It's like, what? wait, what? I have right. to rehearse? I have to practice this? Right. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things Jeff talked about is this is, 
your career, you should be practicing several hours a day at something. Sure. Nobody is going to get better. I mean, read Outliers, 10,000 hours. No one is going to get better going twice a week from 12 to 3. Nobody stands on the podium of the Olympics with a gold medal going Tuesdays (laughs) and Thursdays from 12 to 3. It's my favorite saying I tell people. Yeah. You know, once you are in, you have got to practice. And anything that looks easy, look at golf. Look at certain athletes that are the best in the world at what they Mm do. It looks so easy and effortless. It looks effortless because they've mastered it. Right. And people don't realize it looks that way because these people have – Tiger Woods has swung a club until he's blue in the face. He's probably swung more clubs than he's taken steps in life. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that – I mean, I said that when I started this podcast. I was honest and said, this is the first podcast I've ever done. And I was thinking, uh, a friend of mine said, oh, how do you think it's going? I said, yeah, I'm getting it. And they said, what? They didn't tell you that you were amazing? And I go, no, why should they? It's the first time I've ever done this. And because Roxy has done this for so much longer. Over 10,000 hours. Yeah. She she sees things. But she sees things that I don't. I say, oh, well, this is fine. And she goes, oh, yeah, but you didn't think of this and this. And this was really great, but you need to Not to say Sean isn't that. doing a very good no, job. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, is I'm, I'm learning. But I get it. Yeah. But I'm learning this. Of course, it's not like the camera when I'm, I'm like, hello. You know. Well, there is a, a bit of translation between things in the entertainment industry in general. You'll, okay. you'll find that across the board. I don't know if you guys do dancing to acting uh, to singing to podcasting because you're performing and you're and you're right. teaching and you're doing all these things. So it's not like starting cold. Yes. It's not like you came out here, this is your first day and now you're rocking a podcast. All of your training up to this point actually is helping you in here. Right, right. The concentric circles, they do overlap, feeling relaxed in front yeah. of people, having right. a talk. And do, I mean, I've done uh, podcast interviews for a lot of people because of horror fans and, and things teaching. like that. And teaching. But your podcast is also something that you have knowledge about. So right. why wouldn't you, you know, right. getting it, the nature of it down, but yeah. Of course, you're going to have an understanding of what you're talking about. Right, right. And and feeling comfortable doing that. But again, I think in a year from now, I might go, oh, I get this a lot more because I put in the time. I put in the hours. You're going to listen. It's like me watching myself on, you know, yeah. uh, Facts of Life. It's like, oh, yeah. God, I'm cringing. <laughs> and I have to say to myself, but at the time, you're the one who the, booked the job. Yeah. So, you know, you can have a hard time done. watching back. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Sometimes. I cringe. Some things are cringeworthy. Yeah. And some of it was the direction or Oh you yeah. Know. I had I had an amazing story where I was doing a show called Nowhere Man with Bruce Greenwood. I think can we pull up a picture of Bruce Greenwood, Jeff, if you can find one? Um, he's uh, I think the younger generation would know him from the um JJ Abrams Star Trek films. Um but uh, he's done a lot. He's so done he a has lot. a so massive career. Yeah. yeah, he's a fant- He's a, a wonderful he's a man, fantastic friend. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah, I should try to bring him in here one time. Would be great. But he is a friend of mine uh, and such a good guy. And we were on a set together. And the way TV works, and Holly knows this, on movies, directors run it. On t- uh, TV, the producers run it. So I went in and I booked a job through producers, went and did his show. It was called Nowhere Man. And um, he said to me, uh, the director was giving me really bad advice 
on how to do the character. Oh, the worst. And, and, I, and, and I didn't know what to do You're, because I auditioned in L.A. and I'm shooting up in Oregon. So I have no support. I don't know what to do. My, in, my gut, you know, your gut, you're saying trust your gut. It, it's telling me what he's telling me is wrong. And, and Bruce, then you're worried you're not going to work again if you don't follow if the if director's direction. Yeah. And Bruce pulled me aside and said, listen, you booked it through the producers if you have a gut. And he said, let's do what we need to do. And he helped me do takes. And then he would say sometimes the director like, yeah, I'll do what you say. And then just do what I, that I knew was right. And then they'd have to move on. And I wasn't trying to, you know, I'd give him one slightly, but you have to be careful. And you know this. If you give a bad one, they can use it they'll, in the They'll use it room. sometimes. They'll use it in the editing room. So What's that classic Shatner story yeah, about oh, kissing at the end where he kissed mm-hmm. – um, this is the first interracial kiss and they had told him let's do a take with it and let's do a take without it and he knew he wanted it to air so he ended up um, grabbing uh, her face and kissing Uhura, her. Is this yeah, right? yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, Nichelle, Nichelle Nichols, I okay. think yeah. name, grabbing her face and kissing her and in the other one where he doesn't kiss her he goes cross-eyed at the end so that they couldn't use it. Yeah, because yeah. he was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make and sure make they sure use because I don't want to even give them an option that isn't the option that I want in there. Yeah, and so I you know, it. you. Yeah. What was so great is he helped me to make sure I had a good performance, and then the producer Joel Cernow used me on several other shows. Which after did they that. use of yours? Which take the one that they, I never did a take? You never you, did because what Bruce told me to do is he goes, "Don't no no no, do what you know is right." Do what you know is right. And he helped me through that whole process. That's awesome. And I ended up working with a producer several more times. And it was great. But, I mean, if he wasn't there, as Holly's saying, you can think You're at you, the mercy. You're at the mercy. And you're so It's the worst. And, and Especially when young. you watch it. When you watch it back and you know there were better takes. Yeah. And, you know, and but you're the director, and they're painting know. their picture. Yeah. You know, they're painting their picture. And it's your job to, they say jump, you say how high. And you've got to make their take on it as true as you can yeah but it's unbelievably frustrating another yeah. thing that the uh, person who started this network Kevin Undergaro friend of yeah. ours uh, always says is GMP get more powerful so if you're not exactly. liking the way that you're get, being directed if you're not yeah. liking what make they're telling you make your own show make your that's own what stuff. I'm yeah. always telling people absolutely get more powerful absolutely and, and you know and then you're, sorry then you're also sometimes it the opposite I've done shows where you know I once did an episode of a show I'm not going to say what it was mm-hmm. where I my character went to high school with the lead girl and now I've come back mm-hmm. and and I'm just railing her about how fat she used to be and I'm just this horrible person at her mercy so it was super funny for her right she was so adamant that she didn't want that to happen in the episode she went and had the producers rewrite the whole thing mm. where she railed me instead and I was at the mercy of all her stuff she she couldn't have the foresight to see when you laugh at yourself and you're this beautiful right. girl being reamed by I'm just the guest star. I'm like yeah, number yeah, yeah. twenty on the call sheet. Yeah. Do you you know, they're not gonna present you in a bad light. She you know, you, yeah. you're dealing with egos. So that's it's tough. But yeah. that gets back to where training comes in because right. you're gonna have so many things that rattle you and if you're technically so solid, right, you are going to be okay. And if you're te- and that's another great point. If your technique and you've worked it and you walk in there at hundred and twenty percent, even if you have your worst day, it's ninety five percent and you're not gonna look that bad. You will never look that bad if you have the confidence that I know how to do this. Right. And uh, so that's another thing that we we want to learn in a good acting class is how to create a character, 
How do you create a character? How do you find it? This is more advanced stuff mm-hmm. in an acting class. I'm not talking about this as the stuff that happens right off, but a good acting class will teach you how to take all the stuff you've learned, being emotionally open and everything, and then how to slowly build a character believably with, uh, you know, uh, Stanislavski, the thing that changed him is they would sit down and talk about the play for hours and hours and hours. And then later he got into physically doing it, doing improvisation so you can understand it through physically living it and things like that. So a good school will help you figure out how to find the character within. And, you know, I mean, one of our greatest two character actors is Meryl Streep and Daniel Day-Lewis, right? I mean, he takes – that's why he only does a, a, a movie every couple of years because he – you know, when he got Lincoln, I read so much about – he went to the biographer. He went – you know, he wanted to find out how he truly talked. It's not the – Hall of Presidents at Disneyland where it's yeah. like a deep – he wanted to find everything he could and he just hounded this biographer that did all this research to build a real character and spend that time. And Marlon Brandon, Brando did the same thing and that's why he was considered so uh, out there because he took the time to deepen his understanding as Holly said. So when he presented a character, um, it felt like he truly was that per- character yeah. as opposed to acting it. Yeah. So uh, that's another thing a good school would. And then lastly, they should show you, and Howard Fine says this, he goes, we are detectives and we have to analyze the script and learn how to find your way through the truth of all the script. It's almost like choreography as a dancer. Yeah, you have to extrapolate the author's intention. Yeah, every little bit. And there may be some things that are open for interpretation, but instead of just leaving them floating, you need to then fill that in for yourself and say, well, I could go this way or this way, and this way feels right to me. And if that's the way that feels right for you, then go into that audition or go into that thing that way because all you can do is use your gut and your instincts and they actually might see something they never thought of yeah and a good school is going to be encouraging you to study film study plays and read if they're not making you outside of class do the things that you would be doing in a college yeah uh then run also in the other direction because you can't be a good actor if you're not a great comprehender you have you can't act what you don't understand and you you they expect you to be stupid they expect you to walk in a room and be a dumb actor and you actually have to go in and prove them wrong Uh, oh absolutely and um you and, know, and I talked about this a lot about having to, you know, watch movies, read plays, um, watch TV shows. If you don't know what's going on uh, and and understand why these yeah. are popular, why is Game of Thrones popular right in the now? Current or, climate. Yeah, in the current climate. And understand stories and understand, you know, you might not uh, agree that Stanley Kowalski, you know, uh, rapes Blanche Dubois. It's terrible, but you kind of understand because he's an oafish guy and he doesn't know how to express himself and his anger, and that's how he takes it out on her. Yeah, but, you have to you have to become an expert in understanding author's intention, the subtext, yeah, the yeah, subtext. Yeah, what's really going on? Otherwise, you'd go to a movie and you you'd see. Well, I'm in love with you. I'm about to rape you. I'm going to kill you. The, the lines would just be literally <laughs> right. what they're really going right. to do. Yeah. Right. You know, as an actor, you've got to be able to look at that script and 
and find the clues of what's genuinely going yeah. on. Yeah, and I played a serial killer. I'm not going to serial kill people in real life, but no I, method I, acting behind no, that. No one. method acting. Well, a few ants, mm. but anyway, no. But I, but I had to sit there and under, and the reason he did it one time, he was talking about because they teased him. Well, I understood what it was like to be mm, teased right. and be upset about it. But this is someone who doesn't know how to do anything except express himself that way. To right. take it one step further about learning how to analyze a script, because I think that that's one of the most important things. What I will say also is they recommend a lot of directors, you guys know, will take an acting class so you know what they're doing on the other yeah. side of it. I recommend if you're an actor to take a writing course. So you yes. tell everybody. So you know how people are writing, so you know what they mean when certain right. things are sometimes underlined, italicized, where they're placed, uh, what the emphasis is on the stage directions and whatnot so that you can understand how that mind works. Even if you plan on never writing a day in your life. Right. It's kind of 102 if this is 101 taking Absolutely. your first actor's yes. class, but starting Absolutely. to look into the future of that I, too. I tell that to every single one of my beginners. If you want to expedite this process, by the time you get a script in front of you, you have got to take a writing class. And the thing that's crazy about it is between your computer and the library, mm-hmm. you have so much at your fingertips. Right. So, so many resources. Yeah. So, so to wrap up this whole idea is that we've talked about so many things that you need to learn, different facets. Just like we said, a doctor would have to learn about hematology and colds and viruses and all the different things. There's so many things to learn that you just don't know as a layman. No, we don't know it walking down the street. I was hoping saying, you'd continue all the things that doctors need to know. I was going to see how far you could. <laughs> I, I had to bail out. I bailed out really quickly because I that didn't really. Good. Yeah. Uh, brains. They need to know about brains the insides and, and the outsides. And <laughs> fingers and skin. The cardiovascular <laughs> the system. The neurological system. The skeletal system. Spoken as a true hypochondriac. Yeah, yes, exactly. So so that's why it's crucial for you to study acting. It's, it's really, really important. So always at our show, we always talk about my week at the beginning, someone who's been in the career for a long time, and then we always talk about uh, Roxy, who's uh, starting to break into acting. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, what specifically is going on in your week, and what did you think about the things that you need to learn to be a good actor? A, a lot is going on in, in my week this week. Yeah. It's hard when um, I'm listening to you guys talk about compartmentalizing a little bit, and I need to figure out a little way to do that more. Um, I have been going through some personal issues this week. A okay. family member of mine is in the hospital, so I've been staying okay. there, and still um, auditioning and also I have a deadline for a script that we're writing so making sure I'm meeting with my writing partner and all of that it's very hard when you get into the room or you get into your writer's room and you're like I cannot care about what's going on outside right now I have to get this done Mm -hmm. Uh, so that I've been trying really hard this week to step into the room and be like my phone is in my bag and whatever happens in the next three hours, it's going to be there when I come out. So that's yeah. been uh, yeah. my week. But I, I think that it's actually, you can look at it as a curse or you can look at it as a blessing. It's a nice distraction from real life as right. well. Right. So that's been um, interesting for me this week. And what about what we talked about in terms of these topics? Yeah. Uh, so I am I went to USC for acting. You, okay. Uh, you know that. I don't know yeah. if you were aware of that. And I took acting class my whole life. Uh, and I would be curious with you guys, what do you think about 
pausing? What do you think about trying new classes after being in the same class one time? Because there is kind of class burnout, I find, where if you're taking the same class forever and you're multiple times a week, sometimes people need a little bit of a break. Would you guys think that's well, accurate I mean, or no? I mean, Brian Cranston talked about it in his book that he said, you know, he studied all over town. Mm-hmm. All over town. He actually mentioned uh, my old groundling teacher, Mindy Sterling. He said, I've, and he just listed all the people he's learned stuff from. Um, and I think he studied a playhouse for a little while as well. Um, it, you, if you can, you can do that way where you really get something out of a school for a year or two and then you move on, or you can stay at one place for a really long time. Are you saying, like, take a quick break for a little while Both, just changing classes taking breaks what do you guys think about that do you think you should be in the same class and once you find one that fits you just stay it it depends on what you're doing in that break if it's helping you momentum wise so you know listen i gave up a trip to europe when i was studying uh because i thought oh it's too early in the work and the teacher said hey you should not break this process or whatever and i didn't go well i regret that because how much life and experience what i had on that trip so if it's a break and you're doing doing something something that is i think fulfilling or would feed that uh that idea of your artist self or your acting self then i think there is something to that there's a bummer Um, that your teacher told you that uh, yeah. Well, you know, it was it was an idea that the work was super tender at the very beginning and things like that. And I understand that. But I didn't have to listen yeah, to true. them. You know what I mean? But I, I, I don't regret it now. I do but, think I mean, there's something to be said, though, for like I had an advanced class yesterday. And one of the students in the class I've had for about four years. And he's working on a play that someone else is directing, but he's really struggling with a section of it. And he asked if he could bring it into my class because we have different teachers for different things. So he brought it in, and he was struggling with it. But I've known this guy now for four years, and I know what he's used for his imaginary circumstances. I, I know him personally now because I've been his coach basically for four years. So I was able in two minutes to help him get from point A to point B just from using imaginary things that I know he is going to easily latch onto. And that is why you see certain skaters and certain athletes and certain people have a coach for a significant amount of time because it really is a relationship on many levels. Um, I think if you have found someone that is able to bring out in you what needs to be brought out, um, it's very much like a marriage. I would just stay in it. Interesting. Yeah. In yeah. My I mean, if you find, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's not necessarily a class, but when we've talked about, and I'm probably going to do one, you know, about coaching, personal coaching versus taking uh, an acting class. Yeah. Because a lot too. of coaches, yeah, we both do that, but a lot of coaches, um, like my coach studied with Stella Adler and Uta Hagen in New York, and then I had my Playhouse Meisner technique, and then I had my Groundlings technique, and he knew how to take an audition and help me find a way through all of the techniques that worked for that scene for me. So I think maybe we're saying if you had a coach or someone who can help you through these times, um, but uh, if you take a break, um, I would say make sure you're still fulfilling well fulfilling something so let's say you're out living life or doing stuff take a notebook and and jot down 
behaviors of people or a, a conflict that happened at maybe one of your side jobs and you said, wow, it was so interesting how when he said this, she reacted that way when she could have reacted. You know, you're still studying human behavior. You're still observing. You could still watch a lot of movies. You could still write a lot of play. I mean, write or or uh, watch um, and read a lot of plays. I also think it's important to keep an open mind. Like you might yeah. start in an acting class thinking, I'm here to be an actor. And what we have found at Playhouse West is we ended up with people that went on to become major directors, Dwayne Clark, for instance. Yeah. Adam Small, who created Mad TV. He was at yeah. the school for years. So people come in uh, with one intention and have an open mind. You might go, gosh, you know, uh, and and... Sometimes little production groups are formed, and then the next yeah. thing they know, they're making a film, and then someone decides, you know, I like writing, but now yeah. I have a perspective from taking acting classes right. that I'm actually a good writer. So sometimes those breaks help you figure out if you're in a transition, and maybe mm-hmm. you do want to go on another path. I, I don't think a break is, is a bad thing. Right. I completely quit acting when I had my daughter, and I was on a TV series, and after that season and that show ended, I was like, I'm done. Brought all my books to Playhouse West and completely quit. For how long? Six years. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. Completely walked away from the business. But again, for you six were living years. life raising yes. a child. So. Yeah, I feel like when you came back, you were stronger, different. Yeah, I was there cool. for you know so such a variety of different reasons from a place of so much more. This isn't about making a living anymore. And then, ironically, I work even right. more. This this business when you happens. don't care, yeah, yeah, when you don't care about the business, yeah. the business goes. Wait, you can't reject us. Yeah. We need to hire you. But I will say, as an artist mentality, I quit. I don't know about you. I quit every every night in my mind. That's it. (laughs) I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm getting too old. Blah, blah, blah. I'm memorizing lines. It's like, I can't memorize lines anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I'm Then you find your way back. Those voices in your head wouldn't be there if you weren't a creative person. Right. And you just have to pay attention to which voice to listen to, which is why your teachers and your coaches, it's mandatory, essential that you pick somebody that has your back. Yeah. Gives you support. That isn't trying to stab you in the back. Yeah. So... The and uh, so is that helpful? Yeah, the yeah, idea of the break. So, all right. So next week we're actually gonna have an acting class in here. Kathleen Randazzo is gonna come in and run so cool. Roxy and I through our paces, doing some wow. some acting work together. I'm very excited. Fun. She yeah. met Kathleen oh, at so my great. play. Yeah, she Amazing. met her at my play. She's uh, very really talented. Great. So we're gonna do an acting class next week. Uh, please, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a thumbs up at um uh on youtube or give us some five stars on itunes and um you can always find me at that guy smw on instagram and twitter and roxy yeah you guys can find me everywhere at roxy stryer I know yes. you've got social media too. I do. Holly underscore Gagne at Insta and Holly Gagne for real at Twitter. Yeah. And, so you can uh, find us there. I'm on Facebook, and, Holly Gagne. Uh, I'm everywhere. Thank you so much for coming today, Holly. I had it so was much so fun. Thank helpful. You. It was really great. Roxy, I will see you next week. Always. And as Can't wait always, to see your progress. Yes. Oh, and as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. I'm going to say that again. See? Take two. Take two. Take two. That's the problem with live podcasts. See? Thank but that's you. why, thank God, it's not brain surgery. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Take two. Take two. Thank you for letting me be part of your journey. <laughs>
From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.